Top of the morning to you. Good morning and welcome to the Unitarian Universalist Church of Kent. We gather as an inclusive and chatty spiritual community that seeks to inspire love, work for justice, and grow in community. Whoever you are, we welcome you. Wherever you come from, we welcome you. Whomever you love, we welcome you. May this be a home where you can bring your whole self. In this spirit, we extend a special welcome to our visitors. Thank you for coming and being with us this morning. I've always wondered what it would be like to spend the entire hour of worship just talking to each other, doing that whole greeting thing. (laughs) Extrovert heaven, introvert, not so much. (laughs) As Unitarian Universalists, we light a flame within a chalice as a symbol of sanctuary and safety. It unites us in our worship. It's a sign of life's beauty and wonder, and it reminds us of our ongoing search for the light of truth within us and among us. Now I invite Ray Lind to come light the chalice for us. Would you join me in the words for lighting the chalice, which were written by Eric Heller Wagner? You'll find them in your order of service. Blessed is the fire that burns deep in the soul. It is the fire of reason, the fire of compassion, the fire of community, the fire of justice, the fire of faith. It is the fire of love burning deep in the human heart, the divine glow in every life. 58 years ago today, 11.26 p.m., I was born. The last and only... (laughs) Thank you. I was the last and only of my parents' four children to actually arrive on time. What made the day even more special was that my maternal grandfather, whose name was Francis Anthony Cole, was as Irish as the day is long. Not only did he look like a wee leprechaun, my mother always said he had the map of Ireland on his face. His mother, my great-grandmother, Honora Mary Fitzgerald, emigrated from Dublin in 1895, settling in Boston, Massachusetts. There are our roots. Needless to say, being born on St. Patrick's Day was a very big deal in my family, and I was always decked out in green from head to toe. That has not changed much over the years. What has changed is my relationship with the why and the how this St. Patrick's Day holiday is celebrated in contemporary society. The how is problematic for me because of the emphasis on extreme excessive alcohol consumption and a stereotype of the Irish as lazy drunkards. Also, as an aside, the Irish do not eat corned beef in Ireland. That is an anglicized version. They eat either pork or lamb. The why, with the emphasis on Patrick, who was a Briton by birth as savior of the Irish, is also a bit problematic as he also worked first as a Christian minister, missionary and then as a priest and a bishop 
to convert the natives in a land of Celtic polytheism and pagan ritual. The legend of Patrick driving the snakes out of Ireland is considered pure myth and is believed by historians to be a metaphor for Patrick driving the Druids off the island in order to further spread Christianity. Forcing religion upon a people rarely ends peacefully, as the Catholic Church recognized when they came up against the mighty goddess Brigid, who was very popular among the Celts. So instead of renouncing her as a demon, the church decided to make her a saint, who was every bit as formidable as Brigid the goddess. There are many legends about Brigid, including the famous story you will hear later of her expanding cloak and of her great generosity. Although Brigid's feast day is February 1st, March is National Women's History Month. So it seems appropriate today to honor the feminine aspect of the divine and for us to embrace Brigid. Come. Let us worship together. As we gather together, I reflect on the reasons I started to come to this church as a person of the theater. The first, the first thing that drew me to this community was that Sunday service started at 1130. <laughs> Saturday nights are always gig nights. And so I was looking as I was church shopping and moving to Kent. This, the 1130 really pulled me in. But once I got in the door... And, uh, and I have stayed and joined the church in 2008. And I stayed because once I came in, I was very excited to find a community of people that I would identify with as a humanist and as a human. And I continue here because I'm a mo- I am motivated every time I come into this building by what happens and being part of this joyous community. I've, I pledge to be a member of this community and a member of our, to support our church because, first of all, because I can. I'm grateful for that. Because I care and because I truly believe that, that what happens in our community, the work that's done by this church is the best way that I can be part to make effect change in the world. So I'm very honored to be a part of that change and to be a part of you all, and I will continue that. Because the annual stewardship campaign every year provides for the many, the many social and educational and spiritual programs that enrich my life, as well as support the leaders of our community, I think it's important every year that I take time to testify within myself and to reaffirm my pledge and my commitment to this church. And I know it's the time right now that we're all doing that. And as we, as we extend our kindness and thanks and, and, and charity on this holiday, I encourage everyone to reflect and uh, make it and support the work of this church so that we all can be part of this wonderful community. I thank you. Our story this morning is called The Safe. Once upon a time, a greedy rich man hired a great mathematician. The rich man wanted the mathematician to find the best way for him to make the greatest profit in everything he did. The rich man was building a huge safe, and his greatest dream was to fill it with gold and jewels and all of his riches. The mathematician was shut away for months in his study before finally believing he had found the solution. But he soon found that there were errors in his calculations, and he had to start all over again. One night, he appeared at the rich man's house with a big smile on his face, saying, I found it. 
My calculations are perfect. And the rich man, who was getting ready to go on a long journey, had no time to discuss it because he needed to leave very soon. And so he asked the the mathematician if he would take care of the business while he was away, implement the changes he needed to implement to make all of his riches grow. And if he did that, in exchange, upon his return, he would pay the mathematician double the promised wages. The mathematician was delighted to accept such an offer. And the man went on his journey. When he returned, months later, he found that all of his possessions were gone. Furious, he asked for an explanation. And the mathematician calmly said what he had done. Well, I gave everything away to the people of the town. What? (laughs) The rich man couldn't believe it. And he was furious, but the mathematician tried to explain further. He said, listen, for months I analyzed how a rich man could gain the maximum benefit. But what what I could do was always limited. There's a limit to how much one can do for himself. So I understood the key then was that many people could help us achieve this aim. And the conclusion is that helping others was the best way to get more people to benefit us. Huh? (laughs) Disappointed and furious, the greedy man stormed off, desperate to find all of his lost treasures. He had lost everything to this harebrained scheme. However, while he was walking away, stomping angrily, several neighbors ran over. They were worried about him. All of them had been helped when the mathematician had shared his riches with them. And they felt so grateful to him that they offered him hospitality, the hospitality of their houses, to prepare him food, anything what a special man might need. They even argued over who could help him the most. And over the next few days, he saw the full results of what the mathematician had calculated. Whether, wherever he went, he was received with great honor. People smiled upon him, and everyone wanted to help him in whatever way that they could. And he realized that his not having anything had given him so much more. And in this way, he managed to quickly set up a flourishing business. But this time, he followed the mathematician's advice. No longer did he keep his riches in a safe locked in his home or anything like that. Instead, he shared his fortune among a hundred friends whose hearts had been converted into the safest, most grateful, and fruitful of safes. Our first reading is a history of Bridget from goddess to saint. Perhaps one of the most complex and contradictory goddesses of the Celtic pantheon, Bridget can be seen as the most powerful religious figure in all of Irish history. Many layers, many layers of separate traditions have intertwined, making her story and impact complicated (laughs) but allowing her to move effortlessly down through the centuries. Bridget is the traditional patroness of healing, poetry, and smithcraft, which are all practical as well as inspired wisdom. Bridget is also the goddess of physicians, divination, and prophecy. One of her most ancient names is Briocide, 
meaning fiery arrow. And within that name is the attribute of punishment and divine justice. Her evolution from goddess to saint linked pagan Celtic and Christian traditions. She acts as a bridge between the two worlds. The worship of St. Brigid persisted up until the early 20th century with her Irish cult nearly supplanting that of Mother Mary. She is commemorated in both Ireland and in the highlands and islands of Scotland. Brigid's role as mother goddess was never completely eradicated and reappears throughout her entire tenure as a Catholic saint. As Saint Brigid, there are rays of sunlight coming from her head as portrayed as a goddess. Themes of milk, fire, sun, and serpents followed her on this path, adding to her ever-growing popularity. Compassion, generosity, hospitality, spinning and weaving, smithwork, healing, and agriculture ran through her various lives and evolution. In her new incarnation as a Catholic saint, her previous existence is affirmed. The eternal flame at her convent at Kildare suggests its existence as having been pagan and or druidic. The preservation of the sacred fire became the focus of this convent. During the time that the convent was occupied by the saint herself, she went from the position of mother goddess to that of lawgiver once again. When the laws were written down by Christianity, Bridget sought to ensure that the rights of women were remembered. These laws have been committed to memory as part of her extensive oral tradition. As the mother, Bridget keeps the traditions alive and whole, offering a means of guidance that sustains through any circumstances. In her capacity as the lawgiver, she helps to carry the old ways through the storm into the present day. Beyond the grip of any one tribe or nation, she can mediate to ensure unity for the good of all. She protects us as we walk through the labyrinth, but also makes us face the reality of ourselves. Her fire is the spark alive in every one of us. I learned about Bridget several years ago when my spiritual director at the time mentioned her as part of our conversation about Celtic spirituality. My spiritual director spoke of St. Bridget, but learning about the saint soon led me to discover her far more ancient origins. By way of disclaimer, I am not Irish, but I felt a very strong connection to this particular goddess and saint. She's the ancient Celtic goddess of fire and water, the union of opposites that is life-giving and poetic, yet practical. As you heard in the reading, Bridget's name originates from the Gaelic words briosite, which means fiery or flaming arrow. She is known as the goddess of poetry, of metalcraft, and healing. All are born from the fire and water of our bodies, 
the fire and water of the forge, the fire and water of inspiration. Another, another form of the name Bridget is bride, and she bestows her special patronage on any woman about to be married. Bridget is considered the protector and preserver of all memory and knowledge as well. Her role is a teacher, magical instructor, as well as lawgiver, and she empowers her students with wisdom and knowledge to nurture the land, keeping it safe and productive and for the good of all. When Christianity came to Ireland and the church converted the native peoples, it also made Bridget a saint. While some church scholars say there never really was a Saint Bridget, the Catholic Church decided they dare not call the great goddess of Ireland a demon, so they canonized her instead. <laughs> she is a formidable goddess, but she's quite a character as a Christian saint. There are many stories of her miracles, including her famous cloak. She approached the King of Leinster, requesting land in which to build a monastery. The place she'd picked in Kildare was ideal. The king said no, but Bridget wouldn't take no for an answer. She asked again, and this time she said, give me as much land as my cloak will cover. She had a small cloak. He, the king laughed and said, yeah, sure. So Bridget instructed her four helpers to each take a corner of the cloak and start walking in the four directions. As they did, the cloak began to grow and grow and ended up spreading across many acres. It's said the king converted to Christianity after this happened. <laughs> Bridget is also legendary for her generosity. In a few moments, Elaine's going to read the famous poem about Bridget titled The Giveaway. Suffice it to say for now that Bridget takes charity to a whole new level. Most of the saints' recorded miracles have to do with providing an abundance of food for daily needs as well as for festive occasions. In Bridget's presence, butter is replenished. The bacon she slipped to a dog miraculously reappears in the pot, and a stone turns to salt. And there's beer. <laughs> Jesus' miracle of turning water into wine pales next to Bridget's ability to turn water into a beer on a regular basis. <laughs> the most famous story is that she was working in a leper colony and they ran out of beer. Beer in those times was safer to drink than the water, by the way. So Bridget turned her bath water into beer, which provided for the needs of the lepers and visiting clergy. She really was the life of the party. And there's even a prayer about it attributed to her. I'd like a great lake of beer for the king of kings. I would like to be watching heaven's family drinking it through all eternity. Incidentally, Bridget is not the patron saint of brewers and college towns. <laughs> But in her honor, as well as in honor of her colleague Patrick, if you do like to have a beer communion this afternoon, there are plenty of temples close by for this ritual. <laughs> so why are we celebrating an Irish pagan goddess today? As Unitarian Universalists, today is an opportunity to understand more deeply the many different roots of our faith, including our sixth source of spiritual wisdom, earth-centered traditions, which celebrate the sacred circle of life and instruct us to live in harmony with the rhythms of nature. There's also our seventh principle, which teaches of the interdependent web of all existence of which we are each a part. We depend on the earth for our needs for food, light, water, and warmth. We structure our lives around nature's rhythms, the coming and going of the seasons. 
The beauty and the wonder of the natural world are a source of deep spiritual wisdom if we just take time to experience awe and reverence and watch the eternal rhythm of birth, death, and life's rebirth. Today is also an opportunity to receive some spiritual gifts, which will be great for renewing and strengthening us as we wait the return of spring during these gray, dreary days. The first gift is possibility. Gus Zerega says, Bridget is a metaphor for the fire within us. Today is a time to honor the potential hidden in the year to come. Potential that with skill and wisdom can be turned into what is visible. He goes on, if we are uncertain as to what that potential is, we can invoke Bridget in whatever aspect seems most appropriate and ask her to help manifest in a good way and as gently as possible. Desarega also warns us that Bridget's power is not always gentle when it comes to our transformation and the human tendency to resist change. He says, but if the blows from her hammer within the forge are mighty and her fire is overwhelmingly hot, no, it takes such blows and such heat when the material to be shaped into its inner promise is strong and perhaps stubborn. We'll also receive the gift of healing. It is said that Bridget wove the first cloth in Ireland with healing threads. We will take time to invoke her as a healer and through her element of water, ask her to bless us with healing and greater wholeness so that we might take healing out into the world. There are many healing springs and wells dedicated to Bridget throughout the British Isles. Water is also associated with psychic ability, music, and poetry. The final and greatest spiritual gift we receive today is an invitation to join Bridget in her work as a weaver of the world. She is a goddess who weaves the golden thread of life, energy, into the interconnected web of being. And according to Mara Freeman, Bridget also repairs it when human mistakes damage it. Weaving is a rhythmic, hopeful act, an expression of unity and hope in the face of the reality of change, destruction, and death. In these troubled times, when there is such divisiveness, fear, and division, as well as destruction, Bridget invites us to join in the act of weaving, joining our individual threads of hope, love, compassion, our hunger for justice, our commitment to peace, to help create a world that is beautiful and whole once again. As we welcome the growing light and we witness life's rebirth through the return of spring, may Bridget's fire and water heal us and inspire us to realize all the promise and hope waiting within our hearts. May it be so, and blessed be. The Giveaway by Phyllis McGinley. St. Bridget was a problem child. Although, alas, demure and mild, and one who strove to please her dad, St. Bridget drove the family mad. For here's the fault in Bridget Lay, she would give everything away. To any soul whose luck was out, she'd give her bowl of stirabout. She'd give her shawl, divide her purse with one or all, and what was worse, when she ran out of things to give, she'd borrow from a relative. 
her father's gold, her grandsire's dinner, she'd hand to cold and hungry sinner. Give wine, give meat, no matter whose, take from her feet the very shoes. And when her shoes had gone to others, fetch forth her sisters and her mothers. She could not quit, she had to share, gave bit by bit the silverware, the barnyard geese, the parlor rug, her little niece's christening mug, even her bed to those in want, and then the mattress of her aunt. An easy touch for poor and lowly, she gave so much and grew so holy that when she died of years and fame, the countryside put on her name, and still the isles of Erin fidget with generous girls named Bride or Bridget. Well, one must love her. Nonetheless, and in thinking of her givingness, there's no denial she must have been a sort of trial unto her kin. The moral, too, seems rather quaint. Who had the patience of a saint? From evidence presented here, Saint Bridget, or her near and dear? St. Bridget discovered a truth about the spiritual life. There is great joy in being generous, and it is through your generosity, our generosity, that together we make a difference in this world. It is also through your generosity that this congregation, the Unitarian Universalist Church of Kent, thrives. Thank you to each and all for so generously sharing your time, your talents, your gifts, your money, and your love. Now, as a sign of our shared commitment to the life and work of this congregation and beyond, we give and receive the offering. For our meditation today, we're going to do a ritual of healing using water. Many religions believe that water has spiritual power and they use water to cleanse, to purify, and to bless. It's an ancient ritual. As I mentioned in my reflection, there are many healing wells and springs dedicated to Bridget. Especially sacred to her is any body of water where three streams come together. So we now invoke Bridget's power to bless this water. Bridget is an elemental figure. Whether as a goddess or a saint, she is associated with the earth as a bringer of fertility, with the air as the breath of life, with fire as that which is part of the sun, and water a source of purification and healing. So now I summon the earth, the air, the fire, the water, and name this water Bridget's Well. May this water be filled with the power of healing, the light of fire, and the grace of hope. So you're welcome now to join in our ritual of blessing and healing. If you wish to participate, come forward. 
Elaine will pour a small amount of water on your fingers and offer words of blessing. If you wish to receive a blessing on behalf of someone else, just speak their name to Elaine. This is an ancient Celtic blessing. Deep peace of the running wave to you. Deep peace of the flowing air to you. Deep peace of the quiet earth to you. Deep peace of the shining stars to you. Deep peace to you. Now blessed by this time together and renewed in our spirit to do the work of healing our world, let us go forth in joy and in hope to continue inspiring love, seeking justice, and growing in community. May it be so. Blessed be and amen.